By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know what to do when I put my hand up on your hip. This goes out to all the women in the world, especially her. You know it don't even matter your age, don't even matter your color. Your fellas, I forget about y'all. This is for everybody that likes things. Just listen to what I'm saying and do it and take a chance. I put my hand up on your hip. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with our 78th episode. And there we are on Facebook Live. <laughs> we the club, man. This is, it's a skating rink club classic. You heard this at the skating rink? I don't know where I heard it. I didn't go to skating rinks much because I couldn't skate. So I couldn't skate. I still went. <laughs> I still went. Shout out to uh, Stardust. That was the name of the mm. uh, roller rink in good old Augusta. Almost. F- I don't know if it's still open, though. <laughs> I went to one like maybe a month ago and almost fell. Mm. Somehow she convinced me to get some rollerblades because I used to know how to rollerblade. <laughs> and as soon as I put them on, I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> I just want to sit here. She did a lap. She, and I was like, nah, I can't, uh-uh. This will be ugly. I was like, I will fall and hurt myself. <laughs> Forget my helmet. <laughs> um, uh, well, thank you for everyone who's yeah. listened so far, especially if you go to skating rinks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to tell people how you can find us, um, well, if you're looking at us on Facebook Live, you're already there. Hello. Uh and uh, you can go to facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Also, our website, by the time you hear this dot com. By the time you hear this, spell with the word you. If you want to get with us on our social media, by the time you hear this, spell with a letter you because we're upstanding. Yes. And not embarrassed right now. Right. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. embarrassed. He's very. <laughs> yep. He should be at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that is our, that is our Instagram with the letter U also our email address with the letter U by the time you hear this at gmail.com, you can send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music, uh, and discuss it for no charge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if you want to listen to us on the go, you can, uh, listen to us. If you have an Android device and go to the Google, Google music, Google Google Music. music. Uh, the one with the orange icon Yep. and search for podcast there. And if you have an Apple device, you can go to the Apple podcast app, AKA iTunes, leave us a review in either of those places. We definitely appreciate it. And if you use other apps such as overcast, Castbox, auto radio, tune in and satchel podcast player, you'll be able to find our podcast there as well. All right. So let's get into the show. All right. Uh, so, Ben, you had this story about uh, about Prince that the toxicology report came back. Yes. Uh, hold on a second. So, yes. Yeah, so um, the Prince toxicology report was released and it said he had an exceedingly high concentration of fentanyl in his body when he died. I know you were saying before we started recording that that's a sedative. Yeah. OK. Because I know they use it in. I've heard they use it in um, surgeries. To kind of put you under. Yeah. Um, but it says um, the report shows that while he had multiple, <clears throat> excuse me, the report shows that he had a multiple experts uh, called an exceedingly high concentration of fentanyl in his body when he died. Um, according to the Associated Press, fentanyl is the most powerful, um, is the most powerful opioid in medicine and is prescribed to relieve pain from cancer. Um, it can be made illicitly and is blamed for a spike in overdose um, overdose deaths in the 2000 in the United States, 25 to 50 times more potent than good lord. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some it's strong God, stuff. 20, 25 to 50 times more potent than heroin and 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine. Sorry, that that just that statement kind of threw it's, me. <laughs> it's it's some strong it's really strong stuff and it's um it's easy to to go too far because I feel like you can build up a tolerance and then you feel you have to take more than, um, that's insane. Yeah. Then things can happen. I feel like that's the same thing that Michael Jackson died from. I wouldn't be surprised, but it might've been something called pro propofol propofol. What isn't, isn't that like, no, that's Rohypnol. Yeah. Propofol is what he was in. What he had. Okay. But it's another one of those really strong mm-hmm. drugs. Anesthetic. That, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that was kind of what was suspected, mm-hmm. uh, that it was a fentanyl mm-hmm. overdose. Um, I believe it was accidental. Uh, I don't think there was any foul play involved there. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, in a, there's a documentary I saw, and we could do I, I well I'm just gonna say this right now we should do a Prince Appreciation Month like we had a Michael Jackson Appreciation I'm month. down with that yeah um, there's a documentary I saw where um, well, it was a documentary but it also had like reenactments it had it had an actor <laughs> playing Prince <laughs> um, and uh, they were saying that the night that he was like or maybe in a week before he passed that he was outside of a it was a CVS or a Walgreens or something. Mm -hmm. And he was meeting someone there Mm -hmm. to, um, to give him fentanyl or Mm -hmm. some, or some other kind of drug, uh, because he had been dealing with, um, some, 
hip and knee injuries. Yikes. And that came from, I think it may have been, or some, some kind of arthritic mm -hmm. uh, condition because the, it came from years of dancing in really high heels, really high heels oh. and, and, you know, jumping and doing the splits and, Yikes. you know, he, he had suffered from some injuries from that. So he was taking those kind of drugs to deal with the pain. Oh boy. Gotta be careful. Yeah. And some people thought that he was, um, Maybe the drugs are having an effect on him because in some shows he was just rambling or, you know, that tour he was doing where he was just playing the piano. Mm -hmm. um, he actually had a show at the Fox. Yeah. Um, it, was either, it was either the week before or was scheduled the week after. I think it was the week before. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it was that particular show, but on that, like that tour, you were saying he was just rambling on and he was he wasn't really. It all didn't there. really feel like a show. Mm -hmm. He wasn't all there, pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, but yeah, it's. I kind of suspect it was something like that because of what I had read that it was that he had been taking it. Mm -hmm. So clearly, it was a. It was um, an overdose. Mm -hmm. It's weird that what. How did it take like almost two years for that to come out? You know what I just thought about? It has been a while. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh, he died a few months ago. No, it's been, it's been a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe they just decided to let it out now. Mm -hmm. That's really weird. Well, um, well it now, doesn't now say, we know. Yeah, and there's nothing that says why it took that long. Yeah. Just that it, now we have it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's better late than never. Right. <laughs> feels like it's like turning in your homework after the last day of school yeah it's almost <laughs> been two years it was april 21st 2016 um wow huh okay all right um well let's get to the charts really quick here um we've added some new nicknames <laughs> to the nickname guide if you go to our facebook page we have a photo album for our nickname guide and i'll be adding them on our instagram as well all right so uh, number one, still number one mm -mm. on the Hot 100, God's Plan by Drake. Um, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. The, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit, yes. <laughs> uh, number two, Meant to Be by B.B. Rexa and the Nickelback of Country Music. Number three is Perfect by the most influential artist in black music. <laughs> number four is Finesse by Pete <laughs> and loving hip-hop legend Cardi B. Um, do some research about about uh, why he'll be referred to as Pete <laughs> going forward. It's very simple. It's I don't think it's it's uh, insulting at all, but <laughs> I feel like no one calls him that. <laughs> um, number five is Psycho by Sirius Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Number six, The Middle by Zed, Marin Morris and Gray. I haven't heard that song, but is it a cover of Jimmy Eat World? <laughs> no, not even close. I don't really care for it, but yeah, no, it's not that. Uh, number seven, Sad by XXXTentacion. Uh, should we make one that says XXX Extension Cord? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> it's easier than saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, number eight, Havana by the artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony featuring Young Thug. 
Number nine, Freaky Friday by Lil Dicky featuring Finna Be Mean. <laughs> That's my first time hearing that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that song debuts at number nine. <clears throat> There's a video that came out for it. I haven't seen it yet, though. And at number 10, Pray For Me by Pills and Models <laughs> and The Mighty Duckworth. I like those. All right. We'll go to <clears throat> the Billboard 200. These are the top albums debuting at number one. Uh I guess it'll just be called Question Mark by XXX Tentacion, debuting at number one. Number two, Metallica's. Is it because of our episode? episode? Uh, uh, I, I, what? We got to take credit. What? We have to take credit for that. Huh. Wow. Do one little episode on Metallica, <laughs> next thing you know, they're blowing up. Uh, we'll have to tell them where to send the check. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, we will, of course, you know, just out of the kindness of our hearts, we will, um, split it three ways with mm-hmm. Patrick. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, for, definitely for his contribution. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think he, he would believe it too. It's got to be our episode about the black album. Yeah. And it's got people interested in their most recent album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, hardwired to self destruct by Metallica is number nowhere. two. Um, I expect them yeah. to be high on the... Uh, oh, yeah. The artist one. Yeah. yeah Got to be. Uh, number three, the Black Panther soundtrack. Number four, Bobby Tarantino 2 by Logic. It was number one last week. Uh, number five, Culture 2 by our friends from Gwinnett. Number six, the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Still... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I stream um, This Is Me once a week, so maybe that's doing it. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's on one of my playlists. You're helping this along. I guess so. <laughs> Number seven, Seasons Change by Scotty McCreary. Uh, if you're with this artist, hmm? Scotty McCreary. Who is he? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I thought he was a guy that I played with once that we uh, that Sunset played with, but that was Scotty Cram. So, wrong Scotty. Um, Scotty McCreary, uh, his album debuts at number seven. I don't know anything about him. Uh, he's, he, it sounds like, it looks like, he looks like he might be a country artist or he was someone who was on like last season's, uh, last season's, uh, The Voice or something. Oh, oh, close. He is a country singer. He went to the season of American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> this is, hold on. So this is. So he was on American Idol. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Because if this is his debut, then holy crap. Like, it took a while. Okay, this is not his debut. Seasons Change, this is his fourth album. Wow. Yeah, he still got... Oh, yeah, he won the... He won 10th season back in 2011. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. All right. uh, Number eight, Divide, by the most influential artist in black music. Number nine, I'll Be Your Girl, by the Decemberists. And number 10, Stoney by Sirius Malone. That's got to be, because I'm thinking, like, I'm trying to think of um, people that have won American Idol that have actually put out more than two records, like winners outside of Kelly Clarkson. Outside of Kelly Clarkson. 
Um, like I don't think Jennifer there are many. Hudson. Well, no, she didn't win. She didn't Sorry, win. Yeah, she didn't win. Carrie Underwood didn't win. She didn't win. Mm-mm. Oh, I forgot who won her season, but yeah, Carrie Jordan Sparks did not win. She Taylor, did win. Jordan Sparks Hicks. won. Mm-mm. Jordan. That, that was a different season. Jordan Sparks. I feel like Jordan Sparks won. And Taylor Hicks is on a different season. Okay, she did win. She did. I thought she did not win. She Carrie was the Underwood youngest winner. Win. I don't think Carrie Underwood won, but let's see. Shoot, damn, I don't know anything about this show. Yeah, she won too. <laughs> okay. I, I know a few of the winners. Fantasia. Uh, Fantasia. She has more than two. She has like three or four. I think At David Cook has a few. Did he win though? Yeah, he also won as well. Um, Okay, so. And whoever beat uh, Adam Lambert. Because I, I know he didn't win. I don't know who beat but Adam But he, he's been more successful than whoever. I think everyone was that season. I think that was also the season of um, Chris Daughtry. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else who made That was the eighth season of American Idol. He was a runner-up. Um, let's see. Oh, Philip Phillips, Chris Allen. Oh, Chris Allen. Chris Allen was the one who who beat Adam Lambert. Yeah, and Philip he's Phillips released. was he's a winner. I think so. Because it's like who has a f- two first names that are the same? <laughs> Benny Benz Benjamin. Which from all Ben? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he won the eleventh season. Okay. So, uh, Leesburg, Georgia. Woof. That sounds like that's where that's where. Um, um, hi, y'all. I'm a God. What is his name on American Idol now? <laughs> that was so loud in country. Um, God, I cannot think of his name. He sings all my friends say that he's the he's the country host on American Idol. Oh, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan. Yes, Luke he Bryan. is. That is also <laughs> Luke Bryan, who just was so loud and obnoxious. And yeah. Well, all right. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the Artist 100. Um, he has a number one album. He has a top 10 song. So, number one this week is XXXTentacion, aka The Extension Cord. <laughs> uh, he is number one. Number two is Metallica. Okay, well, I, what, I'm what, Googling what it happened? now. I don't know what happened. Did they release a new song? I, I'm not sure what's going on. No. But this album came out last year, right? Yeah. There's there's really not much. Okay, so apparently even like there's a there's an article of metalinjection.net like hardwired to self-destruct back in the you know at number 2 um Billboard. Like no one knows why. <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. So Metallica recently announced a massive 2018 and 2019 North American tour that'll run from September to uh, to March. Okay, so they're going on tour. Uh, but is that enough? Cause, because last week the album was like in the 40s, and then it jumps up to number two a year after it's been released. Oh, that's why. Okay, so um, oh, that's genius of them. As usual, tickets come with a copy of the album. They sold 63 tickets. 63 albums, 63,000 albums. So, number two. That's all it takes to get up there now? 
is sixty three thousand. Like that's well, that's yeah. I mean, really like low. if you sell if you sell a hundred thousand, that's enough to debut at number one. I still, I'm still gonna say that there is some interest from our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You know, I think we were a part of it. Yeah, I think we were. We can at least account for like two or three thousand of those sales. <laughs> I think we can account for those, and so. You know, just just make it out to Ben Watts. I'll, I'll make sure they get their split. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I mean, like sixty three thousand. That's enough to for it to move up. Um, but I feel like that's kind of cheating. So that's apparently they just they do that all the time though. Kevin went to one of their concerts and you get it just they give you a copy of the CD. I guess they're like, yeah, we can take a loss. <laughs> Tickets are expensive, I'm sure. What happened? When, um, I know. Well, I know some people do. Like, I went to see um, the R&B trio King, Grammy nominated. <laughs> and when I bought my ticket, um, it came with a link to download the album. Okay. So, and they just count that as an album sale. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet you that's another thing. They probably don't give you a physical copy. It might be a, a link. Yeah. So they don't have. They save even download. more money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Um number 3, the most influential artist in black music. <laughs> number 4, the perpetual Kentucky recruit. Number 5, the retired unretired 2K legends. Number 6, Sirius Malone. Number 7, the mighty Duckworth. Number 8, Scotty McCreary. Number 9, Pete. And number 10, our friends from Gwinnett. So that is the Artist 100. All right. So um, do you have the Blurred Lines case? Uh, no, I did not. Did you, want, did you want to talk about that one? Yeah. Okay. We can talk about it a little bit here. So um, if you recall the, the hit song Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke featuring Pharrell and T.I., and now Marvin Gaye. <laughs> <laughs> and now Marvin Gaye, the estate of Marvin Gaye, uh, won their case um, in which uh, they claim plagiarism because Blurred Lines sounds similar to Marvin Gaye's song, Got to Give It Up. Um, I remember when we when I uh, listened to this song, I told you that it sounded like that song. Yeah, that's the first thing you said, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and now we find ourselves here. <laughs> Did I say it was a ripoff? Yeah, you said you said it was a sample or a ripoff, and I was like, "Well, they don't credit him." And like it's a ripoff. Like it's yeah, it was it was. I, I mean, it's. I mean, I don't like it, but I mean, they went to court, lost, appealed, lost. So, yeah. um, it's by a two to one vote in the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. They said that Marvin Gaye's song "Got to Give It Up" deserved broad copyright protection. And the March 2015 jury verdict in favor of Gay's three children could stand because there was not an absolute absence of evidence of similarity between the two songs. When I hear absence of evidence, I think of that scene from Boondocks. This <laughs> <laughs> evidence, the evidence of absence. What? <laughs> English? Do you speak? It? If you haven't seen that, you got to go watch it. You got to go watch it now. Um, so, uh, Circuit Judge Milan Smith also upheld an award of fifty percent of future royalties from Blurred Lines uh, to the Gay's estate. 
He restored the jury finding that the Interscope record label, part of Vivendi S.A. and Clifford Harris, who is T.I., who added a verse to Blurred Lines, should not be liable. So T.I. will not lose any money. But he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you kind of got to think, too. Like, it was kind of, wasn't it worth it? Like, you got a huge song. Like, that was the song of the summer. So you made a bunch of money off of it. They can't go and take the money you made from appearances. Like he probably no. got paid a lot of money to perform that song. It's, it's future royalties. So yeah. any, so any money that has been made, um, they don't have to like give yeah, it you back. Can't touch but that. the Gaze Estate was awarded seven point four million dollars. It was reduced to five point three while adding royalties, and uh, the well that is uh, U.S. District Judge John Kronstadt reduced the sum, and he also said T.I. Interscope should be liable. But the appeals court disagreed. So um, so he doesn't have to give it up. <laughs> but I mean, like you think about. So remember that out that song. Um, this is what you came for. Yeah. And we talked about like how much how many points Calvin Harris got on that song for everything he did. I imagine like five million dollars. You can probably cover that off of what you made on that song. Yeah. That song was huge. It's almost kind of like eh, worth it. <laughs> So, yeah, that's... I mean, yeah. well, I'll put it like this. Pharrell could cover it. Robin I don't Thick. know about Robin Thicke. Yeah, they dig because <laughs> they he, he kind of went away after that. I don't even know if there's another single off of that album. I think he did one with Nicki Minaj. Of course he did. I think. But... Yeah. I don't... I, well, any I don't know of any other song off the album. And then when... Um, his wife left him pretty much he made an album there and no one really <laughs> cared for it so um, he kind of burned out pretty quick I mean like I, I mean we had heard of Robin Thicke a lot of people had heard of Robin Thicke he had some kind of following but this was him crossing over into the pop charts mm-hmm. and he flamed out just as fast so he had a song called Okay, so he had a song called Give It To You with Kendrick Lamar and that was kind of it for that album. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did something afterwards, but oh yeah, he did Paula. Yeah. Aww. That was the album he made when she left him. Oh, that I'd I'd make an album too. Trying to trying to get her back. Yeah, he ain't getting her back. Why did she leave? Did he cheat or something? Yeah. What the Oh, come on, man. You don't who does that? Stupidness. Stupid, man. <laughs> um, and it says with the decision um, prompted a strong, it prompted a strong dissent from Circuit Judge Jacqueline Wynn, mm-hmm. who said the decision let the gays accomplish what no one has before copyright a musical style. Yeah. It expanded the potential for further copyright litigation. Exactly how I feel. Uh, Howard King, a lawyer for Thick and Williams, said the dissent enhances the prospects his clients may prevail in an appeal. So they're going to appeal again. Mm-hmm. Just stop it, man. You're just just you're spending all your money fighting it. Uh, he says these are two entirely different songs. Um, we are thrilled. This is from the Gaze lawyer. He said uh, Richard Bush. He said the decision protects songwriters and encourages new songwriters to create original works themselves. Um, Pharrell said that he admitted being a 
a Marvin Gaye fan since childhood, but said Blurred Lines and Got to Give It Up were similar in genre only. I that's what I I think. If anything, just the drums sound the same. That's about it. Yeah, and they both have kind of like a bounty, you know. But yeah. Um. And there have been a lot of song theft lawsuits in recent years, of course. Uh, this past month, Miley Cyrus was accused of stealing her hit We Can't Stop from a Jamaican song. So that Mike Will Made It was accused. Because didn't Mike Will Made It do that, the beat for that song? Yeah. Um, I was like, what does Miley Cyrus know about Jamaican music? Ed <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sheeran has settled a case. Mm-hmm. In which Led Zeppelin persuaded a federal jury in 2016. Oh, uh, Ed Sheeran has settled. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, there was a song to where it sounded like he sampled "Let's Get It On." Yeah, he, that I heard that from the moment he. <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin had to persuade a federal jury in 2016. It did not steal the opening riff to "Stairway to Heaven." I remember, we'd listen to those two. Yeah, and um, I think Lana Del Rey yeah. settled too. Yeah, because it wasn't a Radiohead song. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably see a few more of these come up. And uh, uh, probably some things will have to be nailed down as far as what is sampling and what is, you know, just using a musical style. Because I honestly, I feel like if if (laughs) if Blurred Lines, maybe if they used a different um, instrument, Mm -hmm. then... We don't have this problem. <laughs> so this this just sounds ridiculous. I'm, I'm reading a Variety.com album, um, article. Last November, copyright holders of Eminem's Lose Yourself were awarded $600,000, roughly 415 in U.S. currency, from a New Zealand court ruling that deemed a song used in a 2014 campaign ad for the country's national party was substantially, substantially similar to the rapper's 2002 hit. It said the fact that the composition was titled Eminem-esque didn't help. <laughs> Just, you got you to be careful with... with, with they, they were pushing it. They were pushing it. With that. <laughs> they were pushing it. <laughs> well, it's like that. It was like what Moby said. Um, I think it was his behind the music. He was like, I, he's like, I license my music out to be used because if you don't, all they're going to do is make a rip off of it and use it anyway. He's like, so I take that money and I donated to charities against like causes against them. Well, uh, it was funny is that a lot of, he's the only one that really, that really did that. Yeah. I would totally like, do it, man. uh, his album play, mm-hmm. um, which could be a future episode just to talk about turntablism and yeah. kind of what that album was. He was ahead of his time. I think every song on that album, he license or you know he would be willing to license for a commercial or yeah. film or TV show um, and it, it would have been it was anything like the song Honey was used <laughs> for one of the worst TV movies I've ever seen it was one about Michael Jordan <laughs> called uh, Michael Jordan All-American or something like that um, and it was out of place because it was showing. It was supposed to be like scenes with Jordan in like the eighties and the nineties. The album came out in like two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but the, um, and also there's a song that was used for the Any Given Sunday soundtrack. So it would that album came out in like ninety nine, but still, yeah. it was out of place for its usage in that Michael Jordan TV movie. 
Michael Jordan and American Hero. And American Hero. Starring Michael Jace. The now incarcerated Michael Jace. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was used in that. And um, I think Body Rock was used in a few commercials. Oh, yeah, I heard Body Rock in a lot of things. Uh, Southside, this, or the song he did with Gwen Stefani, mm-hmm. was used in the, in um, a couple of commercials, I think. But yeah, every almost every song on that album, he would he was at least willing to license. Yep. But a lot of people don't do that. Um, I don't know why. Take this free money. Just take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Like my, I don't know what Montel Jordan is doing right now, but I'm sure he made a good chunk of change after uh, letting this is how we do it be put in a like a Jackson Hewitt commercial. Oh, I know what he's. I know exactly what he's doing. If he's still doing it. He runs, he's the music minister at Victory World Church up in Norcross. That's like 10 minutes from here. <laughs> oh, God, it is, isn't it? No, yeah, I, um, he was, when I was still with Jennifer, she went to that church, her and her sister, and, um, they're like, yeah, Montel Jordan. And I was like, oh, snap. Cause I like, I know all of his, I like, he's not a one hit wonder people. He has other songs that I know. And I was like, oh, man. But I'm like, wait, he's introduced, he's not doing these songs. Uh, he'll tease them or whatever. He's like, yeah, y'all probably thought y'all can come here and hear this is how and he'll sing a part of it. And he's like, no, this is we're here to do this. And he like he did a whole concert that he put of new Christian songs he put together, like in a whole like an hour and a half long. It's pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. And then we went to Marietta Diner, but still, mm-hmm. like they, he's that's what he was doing the last time. This was maybe like six years ago. Mm. So that, yeah, Jackson Hewlett probably play, paid for, like, new instruments or something. <laughs> oh, we got new robes for the choir. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, but he, I, well, according to his unsung episode, he grew up in the church, so it's not a... No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we got some albums that were deemed U.S. National Treasures. Um the soundtrack for The Sound of Music, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, and the 1984 song Footloose were among 25 recordings deemed national treasures and worthy of preserving by the U.S. Library of Congress. It also includes uh, I Left My Heart in San Francisco by Tony Bennett, Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and His Comments, and The Temptations classic My Girl. Um, Library of Congress, uh, Librarian of Congress. That's a pretty cool title. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> uh, Carla Hayden said in a statement that the recording spanning from 1911 to 1996 reflected landmark moments, diverse cultures, and shared memories in U.S. culture. Um, see what other yeah, there's a Spotify playlist as well for it. It's also included is Run DMC's album "Raising Hell," uh, "La Freak" by Chic, uh, Gloria Estefan's "Rhythm Is Gonna Get You," and Groucho Marx's concert album and evening with groucho so i feel like we're we're we're, we're doing good like we've covered some of these titles yeah we've covered la chic well we covered we covered chic uh, yeah well, chic uh Edwards Edwards and Rogers. And, yeah um and we covered rumors you know so go check those old episodes out to hear our yeah. thoughts um and then there's also looks like uh and we, we have uh, we have an episode about the temptations miniseries yeah. So yeah, we're doing we're we're playing the required pieces as they would say when I was yeah. in band. <laughs> like, oh, these are the pieces you want to play if you're going into college. 
Like, you know, you've played five or of six. Like you're, <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. Or like, like, uh, that, that Greg, Bar- Greg Barrett bit, uh, you know, play, play all the hits, all the <laughs> couple surprises, the song for the soundtrack. <laughs> um, so yeah, congratulations to, uh, the makers of those projects to be reserved. Um, so we, we, we made, we made fun of him a little bit, um, a few episodes ago, but, uh, he is now a knight. I'll still make fun of him. <laughs> Ringo Starr is now a knight. Do you have that story pulled up? Yeah, sir. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the Duke of Cambridge, I thought only the queen could do this, but all right. Um, the Duke of Cambridge bestowed the honor of the Liverpool born star at a ceremony in Buckingham Palace. Um, he said it actually, it means a lot. Actually, the musician told the BBC, it means recognition for the things we've done. I was really pleased to accept this. Wasn't he the last one? <laughs> like it even might, it might have been. Even the crown doesn't respect him. Like they're just like, <laughs> I guess, I guess we'll make him one. You know, it's like, it means a lot actually. <laughs> um, the honor comes fifty three years after the Beatles were all rewarded the MBE, and Star said he had missed his bandmates' companionship that this time around. Um, I was a bit shaky today on my own. He said I, I, I would love to have seen the, uh, yeah. So it looks like they were initially knighted back in 1965. The event was not without controversy. Uh, Rock and roll was still viewed with suspicion by this. Oh God, no, they didn't. Who is this? The BBC.com. Rock and roll was still viewed with suspicion by the establishment. They really put that in there. The establishment. establishment. And several previous honorees returned their medals in disgust. Oh, come on. Don't be dramatic. Like, who's returning their... John Lennon later claimed that the Beatles were so nervous at the idea of meeting the Queen, they sneaked into <laughs> a bathroom at Buckingham Palace for a cigarette. I guess you can't smoke there. Huh. Or it's frowned upon. Yeah. And then he says, who said that? Uh, I'm not keeping a rumor going. So that means it probably happened. Yeah. <laughs> or it wasn't a cigarette. Oh, it was a doobie. <laughs> a doobie. a doobie. Ooh. I was just like, hey, pass the doobie. You know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sir. Um, so which he said is either Sir Ringo Starr or Sir, sir Richard Starkey. Starkey. I don't know. I would I would probably go with Ringo Starr. Although they do they have to go with governments over there? I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, so it comes 21 years after Beetle of uh, after well, Paul well, McCartney. El- Elton John has been he was knighted, and he's Sir Elton John. That's not his real name. No, it's not. Okay, so maybe they do go by your stage name. Dope. Whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see if they had anything else here. Um, well, that we can uh, touch on this briefly because I didn't know that. Uh, I had an earworm, uh, Love Lies by Khalid featuring Normani or Khalid and Normani, however you want to market it. I didn't know Normani was a member of Fifth Harmony. That's how much I paid attention to them. <laughs> And uh, Fifth Harmony is taking an indefinite hiatus while they all pursue separate solo careers. I've seen this movie before. I think we've all seen this movie before. Yeah. One of them ain't going to make it. <laughs> One of them make it might kind of make it. Everyone else. I mean, like, in comparison, they're, you know, because they were created on X Factor, mm-hmm. just like One Direction, right? Yeah. Um. 
they're going to be compared to One Direction as far as how much success they have. Mm-hmm. One Direction, each member has had at least radio play yeah. in America Cannot with say solo, that about solo projects. The former bands, like the Backstreet Boys, who I don't think anyone went solo from that group. They they tried. Yeah, oh no, they did. Uh, Nick, Nick Carter tried. Oh wait, I, oh yeah, he did have an album. Uh, I think the Matrix produced it. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Uh, um, what was his name? And Aaron Carter the, was more successful than Nick. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, his name is Kevin. I think Kevin Richardson. Yeah, he I think tried he had a, solo. Yeah, I know. I know AJ, I know AJ tried. Did. It didn't really. Work yeah, he out. was. I I remember there was. He was on TRL. And he said he was doing an 80s covers album. <laughs> that album never came out. <laughs> well, duh. I'm sure someone told the record exec, like, hey, AJ's on TRL, so he's doing an 80s cover album. It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> we said that was an idea. We didn't say it was going to happen. <laughs> well, he obviously he thinks it's more than an idea. Hate to break it to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's going to cost $5 million to make this album. <laughs> And we only have a five hundred thousand dollar budget, so yeah, and man. Four hundred and fifty thousand is out of our pocket, um, which we have the option to spend or not. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The other fifty thousand uh, comes from your advance of fifty five thousand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, just safe to say this album's not going to get no, made. no. Uh, but yeah, Fifth Harmony, it, they're taking an indefinite hiatus. Um, yeah. 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 Yay. So there you go. Congratulations. Oh, no. Or, or no. We'll never I don't know what this from means, home. man. <laughs> I mean, it could mean they come back. And so, I mean, like, if you look at, like, you know, uh, uh, Blink-182, they go on hiatus, come back, and, oh, we got a new member. You know, it could mean that. Or we never come back, a la NSYNC. We just, you know, Camila Cabello is just too famous. And whoever, you know, Nomani or Nomani, if she goes solo. Oh, yeah, they're too successful for us to get back together. I don't see One Direction. Well, you know, what? I, I could see them getting back together only because they've all been successful. So it's yeah. not like no one's, you know, like if pressure to where like everyone's done what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And well, they, they, they it's something that they could they probably feel like they could come back to. Yeah. You can't go back to NSYNC. No. Like four of us are failures. He <laughs> <laughs> can't come back. Like it's going to be a little more difficult to come back. Well, you know who doesn't see themselves as a failure? Who? JC. Yeah. Probably doesn't. He's he was like, I was on the Wayne Robinson project. He, he doesn't see himself as a failure. He thinks he got cheated. Yeah. I think he feels like he If got my cheated. album came out first, <laughs> if I hadn't wasted all that time doing the Wade Robinson project. And Joey Fatone probably doesn't think he's a failure either. Like Joey he gets to host these, he gets to host the singing bee or, um, mm. don't forget the lyrics. I think he did that one. Yeah. He, he hosted some game shows. And Lance much. and Chris. What, 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 what? I have no clue. Lance is in the public eye for, uh, going, trying to go to the moon, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Chris is just somewhere living. On I don't know what checks. Chris is doing. If he, if he, you know, if he's got a family, he's just being a family man. <laughs> he said he's got a family. So like, if he's got he a family, family. Please let us I know. I think he's got a family. Now I kind of want to know what's he doing. Well, he, he's been eating well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, there's nearly nothing. Chris ain't doing nothing, man. 
He's just been collecting those royalty checks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that will... Uh, was there anything else that we wanted to talk about? No, they were good. Yeah, that's okay. everything. All right, so that'll do it for our music news. Um, and uh, some things did actually happen this week. Yeah, unlike the others. <laughs> we had to make up for <laughs> lost time. Yeah. Um, we, made a, we made an album go to number two. Woo! Yeah. yeah. We did it. Tell all your friends. <laughs> all right, so Ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? Um, so it was uh, put on my Discover Weekly Spotify. The name of the song is Daydream by a band called Big Story. Reminds me of a, a like a harder rock version of The Cab. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. It's a really kind of a cool song. All right. So this is Daydream by Big Story. And we'll be right back. Stuff another drink or maybe have a few You don't know what to think and baby I don't blame you or are you Maybe I'll have a Right, that is Daydream by Big Story. Do they have an album or is that a single? That's the only thing I can find by them anywhere. I hope they had an album or something because I really like this song, but I couldn't, couldn't find nothing. All right. So uh, it's a single, <laughs> at least uh, according to Spotify. So you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now.
All right. So we started the show with the classic. Um, Is it middle school dance? <laughs> <laughs> middle school. Uh, the most appropriately inappropriate middle school dance song. <laughs> A skating rink classic. Um, the dip by Freak Nasty. I have to say it that way. Um, and uh, we played that song because Freak Nasty is considered a one-hit wonder, of course. Uh, and this is another installment of Because Five, where we give our one-hit wonders from the year of our Lord, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is, right? <laughs> uh. I heard it from um, uh, SB Nation on their YouTube channel has a series called The Worst and since it's a sports um, news kind of network, they'll do like this was the worst. Well, remember we talked about the the uh, new kids on the block performing at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was they they consider that that was from their video where they said that was the worst halftime show. Oh, okay. ever. So they all have like the worst Super Bowl halftime, the worst Christmas Day game, the worst March Madness. Um, the worst, uh, what was it? The worst, a uh, slam dunk contest, uh, which was actually the one that Kobe won. That's what they said. That was the one. That was the really? worst one. Yeah. And they also had the worst, uh, Super Bowl, which was the one where the Broncos beat the Falcons. <laughs> I wonder if they'd update it now to where the Patriots beat the Falcons. No, no, no. They talking about worse as in like it was just boring to watch. Well, we didn't put up much of a fight. <laughs> One touchdown on the kick return. Yeah. No, that was it. Tim Dwight would not be silenced. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was watching this, uh there's this guy well, you know, like with gamers on YouTube, they um, they play games and they, you know, they if they're playing Madden, they do the franchise mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's this guy who went back to playing Madden 04. Okay. Which I on. think is the one with Michael Vick on the cover. And he's playing it on PS2. Yep. <laughs> and that was the introduction of the quarterback vision, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing a franchise mode with the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, that was mine. Sorry. <laughs> that could have been bad. <laughs> uh, franchise mode with the Cardinals. Um, he had like a rookie, Josh McCown, oh. who was still playing, by the way. <laughs> he plays for the Jets. 14 years later. <laughs> um, and he was playing a game and someone, the other team, like threw a touchdown to Tim DeWight. And I thought it's like, it was one of the games where like speed just kills. And mm-hmm. since Tim DeWight's one of the fastest players, he started like high stepping at the 20 yard line. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Former track star, Tim Dwight only touchdown. That's a, tr- that should be a trivia question. Well, no, he, no, he, um, either he scored the other touchdown as mm-hmm. well, or he caught the two point conversion. Hold on. Now I'm misremembering. I know he had the kickoff return, but I yeah. think he caught a touchdown too. Oh, okay. Oh, or, or it was a or it was a two pointer. They had two touchdowns in that game. <laughs> I just remember being very upset that we did not really show up. Okay, no, that's from last year. <clears throat> Superb owl. 
<laughs> oh, that was Super Bowl XXX extension. I'm playing. XXX one one. Okay, thirty four to nineteen. So we had okay. Yeah, we did okay. We still it still sucked. We were still pretty bad. I don't yeah. think enough people in Atlanta blame Eugene Robinson enough. Nah, I'm, is, th- is that the the man of the year that um, Bomani blames? Yes. Soliciting <laughs> a prostitute the night before the game. Uh, I mean, probably. Oh, that was the one, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. That's why we lost. Yeah. What did they have to do with it? They were the halftime act. Gloria Estefan, Stevie Wonder, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They couldn't even get the cherry popping daddies. Was ska still popular at the time? The, no, it was the um, it was the revival or of the big band. Yeah, I think it was the revival, the swing revival. Was in full swing. No, no pun was intended. That, there was that popular then. I felt it ended with that uh, Brendan Fraser movie, Which Blast one? for the Past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was this. I, I still forget that that was a thing. Like people, there were people like dressing like that in school, like zoot suits and everything. Yeah. Like that's that's what we had back then. The Latin revival. Or the Latin craze and the and the and the big band revival. A lot of people I, made money. I feel like the headliner that was supposed to be uh, Gloria Estefan. Yeah, no, definitely with her being from my or it could be Stevie Wonder. Co-headliners. We'll have to see what I have to see that show. I don't. I don't recall. I wasn't paying attention to halftime shows. Apparently, at that time, the only one I had remembered probably by then was just Michael Jackson. It was called the halftime show. Was titled a celebration of soul, salsa, and swing. The Pepsi Pepsi did produce that. Couldn't have. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Mm. All right. Well, let's get back to our talk. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, because five for one hit wonders, nineteen ninety seven. Is this our first this year or no? This is our second. second one. What was the first one? The social. Oh songs. yeah, social. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So for those who do who don't know. We pick five songs uh, that relate to the topic. We do have two honorable mentions, but this is our list and ours alone. And you may have your own, but uh, this is our list. And if you want to make your own list, um, yeah, you can do a podcast about it if you mm-hmm. want. Uh, we don't care. Get your own show. Yeah. <laughs> this is our show. This is how we do it. So um, as uh, per custom. Ben, mm-hmm. what is your first honorable mention? All right, this was these were hard to do. Um, gonna go with White Town, Your Woman. Even though it's a dude singing it, always found that interesting. With the sample from My Woman by Al Boley, muted trumpet line. But yeah, I remember mm-hmm. checking that out one day. It's just basically kind of sped up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they considered this alternative dance trip hop funk tronica bedroom pop um so um and I, f- I feel like this will be said a lot um 1997 was when I first discovered the pop station in Columbus and by de facto discovered pop music really like I'd seen it up to a certain point on MTV cause they were still playing videos at the time playing things like Hanson and whatnot, and so <laughs> Um, I didn't know where to listen to it other than on MTV and then just one day by chance I was just turning the dial and I found 107Q in Columbus and they played all of these songs so like all of these songs are songs that I listened to in my bedroom and danced around to 
So this was one of those songs. I loved, loved, loved this song. And because I don't think I'd seen the video, I thought it was just a woman with a slightly deeper voice. Because mm. he's saying, I could never be your woman. Back then, my brain could not comprehend that a man would be singing. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> it, it does throw you off. Yeah. Um, there any edit, anything like you found out about this song? Like as far as what he was writing about? Yeah. Or? So I mean, outside of the sample, so he says when I wrote it, I was trying to write a pop song that had more than one perspective. Um, although it's written in the first person, in, in first person, the character behind that viewpoint isn't necessarily what the casual listener would expect. Um, which and I mean like it, after everything I've read it's he I've never heard him say what made him write a song from the perspective of a woman I could never be your like it's just yeah it's just I don't know though like it's such a catchy song though and I mean honestly it's not even really his hook it's just that it's that sample like that's such a very catchy sample and it's got a nice little beat you can dance to uh, what information do you have about the song's success? Let's see here. Excuse me. So, um, it was named the 158th best track of the 1990s by Pitchfork Media, so don't take that for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it was named what? 158th best track of the 1990s by Pitchfork. Oh, Pitchfork. There yeah, we go. That's that, why I said that's, take yeah. that for what it's worth. Okay. So, on the Hot 100, um, peaked at 23. On the Hot Dance Club play, peaked at 26. Um, modern, okay, so this got me too. On the Modern Rock tracks, which let, just lets me know further that um, pop music just doesn't, like, who would consider this rock music? I don't know. But on the Modern Rock tracks, it um, topped at number five. It's like, that's the tra- that's the chart that it did best on. <laughs> and it's not a rock song, it's just a, it's a dance track, but... Yeah, it's uh, this was part of those times to where it was confusing about what rock music actually was. So I think one year, um, remember with the Chemical Brothers? Yeah, they had a song called "Block Rocket Beats." Beats yeah, while they have rock in the title, it is clearly a dance song. Yeah, it is not a rock song. It won a Grammy for like best rock instrumental or something like that. <laughs> mm. So where did it chart? 23 um, is the highest it charted on the Hot 100? Yeah. Alright. So, uh, White Town, Your Woman, from their album Women in Technology. So this is interesting. Okay, now I just found this. I don't know how true it is on Genius. I need to go here more. The singer and the writer of the song Jayoti Mishra, a male, stated the song was initially about a crush he had on a lesbian. Hmm. Hence, I could never be your woman. woman. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So we we'll get to my my first honorable mention. Uh, this is a song that I got annoyed with pretty fast. <laughs> uh, it was in a lot of movies, a lot of. Um, it was on MTV and MTV Two a lot. It was on VH One a lot. I got annoyed with it pretty quick, and it is "Tub Thumping" by Chumbawamba. How could you get how you get to know this song? This song is so awesome. Because of the the chorus, uh, it was played at. Uh, it was also played at a lot of sporting events. I love the video. How like it's a close up of that dude, and he's like, like coming at the mic, like he's 
um, and it, the, and I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics because um, I didn't really, I couldn't really decipher the strong Irish or Scottish yeah, accent, whatever it is. Accent. But I think the song is just about getting drunk. I, I do believe so. Yeah, because you're tough thumping, mate. I remember so before um, I play guitar, I heard this song and I thought it would be too hard. I was like, man, hope I can play a song like Tub Thumper. Like, Tub Thumping, like that's such a hard song to play. Um, spoiler alert, it's a really easy song to play. <laughs> <laughs> like eighth grade me is listening like, man, this is a really hard song. It's not a hard song. It's a very, very simple song. Um, the... Well, the whole group is uh, credited as the songwriter. And this was actually a song to where they were close to breaking up as a band. Oh, man. So this was their Don't Speak. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, appears so. They were close to to breaking up and this brought them back together. And uh, the guitarist, Boff Whaley, says that the song was written about the resilience of ordinary people. Okay. Um, in the UK, well, it became an international hit, of course. Uh, it charted at as high as number two in the UK, held off by Will Smith's Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a one-hit wonder, that would have been on this list. <laughs> uh, in America, it charted as high as number six. Uh, it was number one on the alternative songs and the adult top 40 and the main street top 40 for Billboard. Also number one in Ireland, Italy, New Zealand, Canada, and Australia. Trumpet solo for the win. And the trumpet solo. He's the one to play this trumpet solo. Ah, uh, yeah. Says in the UK, a tub thumper is a politician. <laughs> Did not know that. Hmm. Well, now I'm even more confused about what this song is about. Let's go tub thumping. (laughs) Let's go politicking. So you said the whole band was um, got writing credits. Yeah, it's amazing. Like who contributed what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are eleven people in in this band. (laughs) So those really were the Chumbawamba's and Family Guy. (laughs) So tub thumping by Chumbawamba is my first honorable mention. Uh, played at any uh, hockey game. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it'd be played at Memphis Grizzlies games because just from when they made like a deep playoff run one year, um, they were playing like all the the all the jock jams. Overall, oh, <laughs> they were playing um, Crazy Train and Inner oh. Sandman, and um, whenever there was a jump ball, they played Jump by Criss Cross or Jump by Van Halen. I was going to say, were they playing Pump the Jams? <laughs> they were playing Pump of the Jam. Good uh, vibration. They were playing that too. <laughs> they were playing that too, man. Oh, man. Did they play We Will Rock You? Yes. Oh, snap. Like all of that. Like probably the like the only Memphis-centric theme they, thing they played and they still play it today. You know, like when you hear a song where um, like when the team is on offense, the home team's on offense, they may play a song. Yeah. Uh, they would play like Whoop That Trick. Okay. I, I figured you were going to say that because yeah. I heard they would play that song there. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me. They'll play Whoop That Trick. Would they play? Um, 
I don't think they play anything else by. I was gonna say by Juicy J or okay. No, nothing else. Dance and make her dance, and Mike Conley brings the ball. They they might play that. <laughs> they might play that, uh, but, but probably for like the starting lineup. But then it would it would feel weird because oh, that's be a so strip club awesome. song. Hey, just have the stripper stand on the side and like <laughs> there's just money as the players run down. They like throw dollar bills at them. Bands and make a dance. Bands and make. I could totally see that. Brings bring back Zach Randolph just to do that because Zach Randolph looks like he's that type of dude that's like in the strip club just like throwing dollar bills. He just seems like that. All right, we're going to get back to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is your second honorable mention? It's party time. The theme is party time, or the theme, parentheses, is party time. Um, oh, I got it's party time, parentheses, the theme. I don't know. Like Either way it works. <laughs> the version on Spotify is, is so different from the one I heard, so yeah, it's, yeah. But it's by Tracy Lee. Who I really didn't know who Tracy Lee was and at first so the first time I heard it because like you hear the way they're saying it I thought Tracy Lee was a group like I thought that was the name of the oh it's a group called Tracy Lee I was like oh that's cool Tracy is just a dude because he's like in everywhere that my crew goes so I thought the crew was Tracy Lee <laughs> but Tracy Lee is just a person oh like Travis Porter yes as a group <laughs> yes that's what I thought and of course back in the day there was no Wikipedia, so... And, hell, back in 1997, at least they happened to have one of those AOL CDs. You didn't really have internet. <laughs> and even if you did, good luck finding Tracy Lee. He's not the type of dude to have a, you know, a, um, a website, because social media didn't exist, so... Um, really not a whole lot about this song that I know. Um, came out in 97, peaked at number 55 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um... It's just a really cool song, man. Like it's it's party time. Like I love that. Like I still remember. Like that was like the that was the cry. Like it's party time. I was kind of lame though, so I didn't go to a lot of parties. So, <laughs> but huh. hold on, what theme is this? Which one is this? Okay, I thought I thought the first one I listened to they took out chicken because it was a I guess that was a bad word or something. I, the one I listened to today, like they blurred, they bleeped out chicken. I'm not joking. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's really all about I know about this song. <laughs> There's really not too much, not even on like Genius or anywhere. Like it just, like I said, it wasn't a huge hit for them or him. Excuse me for him. Uh, peaked at 55 on Hot 100, 19 on the Hip Hop Singles tracks, Hot Rap Singles number six. So. <sighs> all right so that is the theme uh parenthesis is party time or it's party time parenthesis the theme, the theme. De- depending on where you see it oh yeah i wonder whether they is that a sample or the, like you know they I, I i heard that when i heard that it was from a song that um was in next friday oh for real and but that was a totally different song. I think. Hmm. I'm, yeah. Um This has four to five stars for the album on allmusic.com. Hmm. All right, so if you find the album, <laughs> it's probably pretty good. Yeah. All right, so uh my second honorable mention. Um this connects to my um one of my favorite films. 
uh, and favorite soundtrack, if you heard that, because five, my favorite 90s soundtrack, <laughs> Cruel Intentions, and it is Love Fool by the Cardigans. Uh, I confuse this band with Sixpence None the Richer. Really? Because it a uh, quirky sounding band. Mm-hmm. Uh, some white girl with a not a big voice. A bob. A bob haircut. <laughs> with a bob haircut, yes. <laughs> I think they're both well no, because the girl from Sixpence has has uh, ginger hair. Is that offensive? <laughs> No, I, I'm not joking. I called someone a ginger once in high school. He got so mad. I was like, my bad, man. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> um, I didn't know that uh, the Cardigans were Swedish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina Person wrote this song at the airport while waiting to board a flight. She said that the song had a slow bossa nova feel. I kind of hear that. Yeah. I definitely uh, hear it in the drums. Um, I just remember this song being in Cruel Intentions and kind of like its use in it was... Um, it, Cruel Intentions is a, is a dark film. Yeah. Uh, almost a dark comedy to me, but... No, I would definitely say, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> elements of dark comedy in that movie. I agree. Um. It uh, let's see how it charted in America on the Hot 100 Airplay. It was number two, Adult Top 40, number two, and it was uh, number five in Finland and only number fifteen in their home country of Sweden. We we love you more, Cardigans. We love <laughs> you more. Um, it was also used in uh, the film Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's. Romeo and Juliet, or is it William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet? What, the one with with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, yeah. No, no, uh, Claire, Claire Danes. Danes. Claire Danes. Kate Winslet was, was in Titanic. Titanic. His other leading lady. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was one of those songs that is definitely going to be in one of those, um, like a teen comedy or teen drama. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually an episode of... I don't know if it was in Gossip Girl, but it would fit right in. Oh, yes. It definitely would if it wasn't. Or uh, One Tree Hill. <laughs> or Dawson's Creek. The, the show that <laughs> lied to me about being about basketball. God, that made me so mad. <laughs> that show was not about basketball at all. Um, okay. So, yeah, that is from their album, First Band on the Moon. And uh, it's been covered a lot. It was, uh, it was covered by Newfound Glory. Yeah, on that from the stereo to your from the um, from, your, from the screen to your stereo. stereo. Yeah, also covered by Justin Bieber. Well, he he kind of interpolated it. Uh, it was on Glee. It was in a Pepsi commercial. Um, speaking of Gossip Girl, Leighton Meester actually did the song for the AV Club's AV Undercover series. I could hear that. She's got a light, airy voice, kind of like that when she sings. Yeah, so uh, also featured in, aside from Cruel Intentions, The Office, Nip Tuck, My Name is Earl. The Office? <laughs> um, Hot Fuzz, uh, Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room. And it was the graduation song for, well, it's played in the graduation episode of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> 
the first incarnation of that one. It was out? That was still airing at that time? Yeah. Wow, that show was not as old as I thought it was. Huh. It was also played on several episodes of Daria. I could hear that, too. It fits in with the with the teen crowd. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that was my second honorable mention. So now we're in the top five. Ben, what's your number five? Number five is Six Underground by the Sneaker Pimps. Those sneaker pimps. Uh, if it will play, <laughs> we can get to it. There we go. This is the original version. This isn't the version that I particularly like and Ben hates. Oh, God, I hate it. <laughs> the version most frequently heard on the radio was the remix by Nelly Hooper. Mm-hmm. See? See? <sighs> Puke. You, you hating on the popular version. <laughs> so, I love this song. Um, I love the um, what I later found out was a sample from Goldfinger. Um, the horns that come in, it's really, it just works really well. Like I won't talk over it. I love it. Fits with her voice. Um, I don't know how, how I would describe her voice other than just sounding really British. Like, you can definitely hear her, her accent in there. Um, it's just something about the song. I don't know. Like, I just... It's just one of those, like, sit back, have a drink, and just let it kind of take you, you know? And this isn't one of those songs that... So this is not one of those songs that I have a memory of. I did not hear this song until I was in college, I believe. So... You know, my my I don't have memories of being a young kid dancing around to it like the other songs. This one I did not hear until I was you know well into my adulthood. Um, apparently, it was using the Saint. I need to go watch that movie then. Have hmm. you seen that Val Kilmer and uh, No? I've never seen it either. Uh, but apparently, it was played in that movie, and um, that's when it got really really popular. Uh, I believe it was also used in Cruel Intentions. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it would fit. It would definitely fit. But it was the it was the Nelly Hooper version. I know, <laughs> it, and it's okay. That's the one that everyone uses. But I'm not like everyone. I'm unique. Uh, it was interesting. Like with this song, it was this is from their first album, Becoming X, or maybe their second one. And you hear that they have a female lead singer. And mm-hmm. when they're working on their second album, the guy who is their main songwriter, he was making. Uh, demos of the songs yeah and the record company heard the songs and they're like well we kind of like your voice better <laughs> so she got kicked out of the band that sucks <laughs> I did not know that um but yeah this is uh this was one of those songs um this was like like the trip hop had their own kind of like um uh, their their period of like where it's very popular um, uh, including bands like uh, Morchiba yeah. Hoover Phonic uh, Portishead yeah band, Tricky how are these bands you introduced me to actually uh, so this was probably the biggest hit out of that out of this particular out of the trip hop genre mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I've heard other songs like Sneaker Pimps. They have other, a lot of other good songs, but this is the one that Everyone your knows. casual listener would know. Yeah, this is only. I mean, this is the only. One. I didn't know they had other songs, but I guess they weren't hits, so to speak. They were just songs. 
I definitely didn't know that they kicked out the original lead singer. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of sad. I, I really like her voice. Man. So, yeah, that is Six Underground by Sneaker Pimps. All right, we'll get to my number. F- what number are we on? That was my number five. Okay, so my number five. <laughs> um, it's so easy for me to lose track. Uh, so, <laughs> my number five um, is actually uh, the same as Ben's number four. Yeah, so we'll just talk about that all at <laughs> one time. And that is Verve Pipe by The Freshman. And You if, mean The Freshman by Verve? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Either sounds like they could be yeah. <laughs> a title, a band name, or a song title. Yeah. So, The Freshman by The Verve Pipe. All right, so Ben, uh, any memories of being introduced to this song? Oh, yeah. So, and funny, there's a band called The Freshman. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so this is another one of those songs that I heard on, I can't remember if it was the rock radio or if it was VH1. But I remember hearing it and instantly loving, um, I think his name is Brian, Brian Vander Ark. Yeah, Brad Vander Ark. No, no, Brian Vander Ark. That's the singer. Instantly fell in love with his voice. Loved his voice. Wanted his voice. Um, don't have it. But um, I love this. I loved his voice. I love the song. I thought it was interesting. Um, it's one that I have performed for years. So like when I got to college and started playing out gigs and stuff used to play this song like this was like my signature song um and i think because i wanted his voice so badly i practiced it to where i could sing it perfectly <laughs> and so it became one of my favorites to sing um and i guess my my fondest memory of it was when i played it with the band called if by chance shout out to matt bannister um who was a guest on our show um a few months ago um the band I was in we played this song and there's a bridge in the middle of it and I remember saying alright guys we gotta uh, we gotta cross oh no 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 that's not that was another song um, uh, she a punkarelli ever took advice I would sing it Shana punkarelli <laughs> and our drummer Josh was like he was like get it together Shana <laughs> come on Shana punkarelli you gotta get it together um <laughs> I, would, I I wonder what Josh is doing. I haven't I haven't heard from Josh, and not the Josh we know, but the Josh who played drums. I haven't seen him since we broke up. Hmm. I hope he's doing good. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, this was that type of song, and uh, so like this is a song that has like really kind of stayed with me for years. I mean, it's you know over twenty years old now, but it's a song that has stayed with me for years and years and years. Uh, for me, um, I first saw the video and heard the song. Uh, seeing the video on VH1's pop-up video mm-hmm. and like this is a pretty dark song for it to be on pop-up video which was you know making a lot of jokes yeah and they did a lot, of, a lot of references to what's going on in the video because the song is about uh, Brian Vander Ark's uh, ex-girlfriend who committed suicide yeah and um, the the, well, that's what it—that's what he made it seem like. But it was actually his pregnant girlfriend had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And either way, uh, dark subject matter. Um, and 
what and I think he was in a band or the or the previous uh, version of the Verve Pipe was called The Freshman. That was the name of the band. Mm. And uh, and I don't know. I think it made it seem like it was like she slept with multiple band members and then she had an abortion and then no one knew what to do and it's about a loss of innocence basically. Mm. Um, so it was. She a, can't be held responsible. I mean that that line makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while it being a um, a pretty dark song. Um, uh, it was uh, I like that it was well written everything uh, it it charted at number 5 on mm-hmm. the Hot 100 uh, number 1 on the Alternative Songs charts uh, number 6 in Canada um, and it went gold uh, I think it's I think we have it on our, our athletes list if you go way way back to our earlier episodes we talked about mm-hmm. athletes doing music Bronson Arroyo yeah, <laughs> does the does a cover of the song, um, covering the basses. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, the freshman by the Verve Pipe. So one thing I know we've done in our other um, incarnations of this is stating if we like another song by this by the group. Oh, I have not heard another song by. So so far, this is the first group on here who I had my um, another song by them called Photograph is actually my favorite song by them. Um, I did not hear that until much, much later. Um, And they also have a song at the end of Rockstar. But it's of course, they make it like Mark Wahlberg singing it. Oh, yeah. okay, Yeah. Yeah, But it's it's by them. Um, But yeah, they have a song called Photograph that I love. Really, really good song. Uh, well, going back real quick, uh, the Cardigans, um, my favorite game is another song yeah. I've heard, and uh, Erase Rewind um, is another one. Uh, I don't know anything else by Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> they have a song called "Do You Suffer from Long Term Memory Loss?" Okay. Yeah, he's like, "Do you suffer from your long term memory loss?" The girl comes in, "I don't remember." I'm not kidding. That's yeah, yeah. She don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so um, that was your number four. Yeah. So my number four is where did I have it? Number four. Can't remember my own list. Okay, my number four is Song of the Year winner, Sunny Came Home by Sean Colvin. Um,. Uh, another one of these songs that I heard on VH1 mm-hmm. uh, and it's gained a lot this song has, is is famous for reasons other than the song itself which is kind of strange uh, the song is about a woman who comes home from I believe it was from a hospital or from a mental institution and she is. Uh, she wants to burn down the burn down the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was from. Sorry, I just I now remember why it, got, it was famous at the Grammys. Go ahead. Yeah, okay, we'll get to that in a second. So uh, she burns down their house to escape her past. And so my my interpretation of it was someone who came home from a mental institution mm-hmm. or from a hospital uh, 
to burn down a house to where she may have been abused. Hmm. Or just, you know, some kind of suffering. Um, and uh, the lyrics contrast how the song actually sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sounds song sounds very, like, you know, like, ooh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, co-written by Sean Colvin and John Leventhal. Uh, released in June 1997 from her album A Few Small Repairs. And, um, of course, this song, it won Record of the Year and Song of the Year, charted as high as number seven. And when Sean Colvin went to accept her award, uh, Old Dirty Bastard walked up on the stage (laughs) and interrupted her. And um, he was basically protesting that he, uh, that Wu-Tang should have won for Best Rap Album over Puff Daddy, over No Way Out. (laughs) <laughs> and um, he famously saying Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Or not I mean? It's probably that. I'm reading the Wikipedia article. Yeah. says you know what I mean. Like, he not didn't say, me. really say it like that. And uh, she was totally confused. And then tried to give her a speech after he walked off the stage. <laughs> Wu-Tang is for the children. I bought me this suit today. It costed me a lot yes! of money. <laughs> you said that too. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I like this song. I do, I do like this song, and it's, I don't know, like, you're right, it's very, like, for me, I guess, because I know it's in a, in a minor key, written in a minor key, starts in, oh, it says it, B minor, yeah, it does start out in a beat with the B minor. Um, the minor key always gives me a feeling of, like, sadness and and kind of, not regret, but sadness and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think, of, I can't think of what I'm thinking of, but... So like when I hear the verses, the verses to me sound sadder than the choruses. The choruses they go to like the a, a, a major key or whatever the relative major key, which I think of B minor. The relative major is D, so I think it starts out in a D there. But yeah, it's um, I do like that song. It's a very good song. I never knew that this is what it was about. Though. I thought it was about murder, mm. but I never really paid attention to the lyrics. I just pay attention to Sunday came home with a mission. And then the end of verse two, Sonny came home with a vengeance. I was like, oh, she's about to kill somebody. Like, Sonny's going to drop someone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that was my number four. So, Ben, what's your number three? My number three is uh, called Barely Breathing by one Mr. Duncan Sheik. Um, Amazing song. Um, I really don't know. Let me see here. Because I, I do love, love, love this song. So this is one of those songs that I did listen to as a kid. Of course, you don't dance around to this song, but it was just one of those where um, when I first got my guitar, I wanted to learn how to play it because I love I loved the song. Um, man, it's just, it's, a, it's just, I don't know why, it just, it just takes me back to that time, you know? So to put you in the mindset, you know, black kid up, up to this point, had really only listened to what my sister listened to, which was hip-hop and R&B and gospel. That was it. And then, you know, branching out on my own and finding music. And this being one of those songs where, like, you know, listening to it, and I remember, you know, li- you know, hearing it on the pop station, and then when I moved to Atlanta, it would come on Star 94, which is the adult con- now the adult contemporary station. Back then it was the pop station, but, you know, they just kind of grew their audience. Um... And just listening to it, like it was just, 
I don't know, like it's it's hard to describe, but it's just like it always puts me back in that time when I listen to it. And that's why I love a lot of these songs. They take me right back. Um This is another one of those songs that I heard on VH1. <laughs> yeah, the video was kinda boring. It was your quintessential nineties like I wanna get the girl packed video. <laughs> Um, Grammy Award winner Duncan Sheik He won a Grammy for this song Oh no, sorry He was nominated yeah. He did not win I thought, oh He's halfway to an EGOT, I think <laughs> um, Yeah, because he does com- compositions Now he does composing for, um, for Broadway, Broadway shows yeah. uh, Known famously for Spring Awakening uh, He's also done um, American Psycho the musical American Psycho. Yes, it is a musical. Yeah. Um, and also The Nightingale, uh, Whisper House, Twelfth Night, and Alice by Heart, and Taming of the Shrew. So, uh, the song has been featured in... Um, the song was featured on an episode of Party of Five. I, I want to watch that show. Uh, it looks like it was done on an episode of Glee, which I don't recall. Yeah. I know uh, he used to play drums for Lisa Loeb for a little bit, like when she first started playing. I didn't know this was a, but then again, I've never seen Party of Five. I just wanted to. But that's one of those shows I feel like is like 90s. Like if you watch it, like, yeah, this is 90s. Like the, fi- the flip flops with the huge platforms, 90s. I want to see who he lost to. But for um, what did he? What was he nominated for? Best male pop performance. So this was ninety seven, probably ninety eight. Oh, he lost to uh, Elton John. Elton John. I was about Candle to say the way. You, oh, Candle in the Oh, I was going to say the way he looked tonight, but Candle in the Wind. Yeah, that was huge. <laughs> yeah. So Duncan Sheik, uh, a one hit wonder on the pop charts, but uh, he's a Tony Award winner now. Yeah, I think he's doing okay. <laughs> All right, we'll get to my number three. Right? My number three? Yes. Yes. All right, so my number three is uh, not even an original version of an, a previous earworm. Uh, this was also, this was this was not the original version, but yeah. it it was marketed that way. You would have never known. <laughs> known. I wonder how they felt. <laughs> this is Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Soap opera star. Natalie Soap opera star. Um, which I didn't know. I thought she was like, "Oh, it's this new artist. This is her first song." I didn't know anything about the the soap opera part. <laughs> I thought she was the cutest thing ever. I really thought she was so. When I saw that video, I was like, "Who is she's this?" She's adorable. I was like, "Who is this girl with the big eyes?" And she's got like she's like putting her t shirt in her mouth. She's like, "Ah, nothing's right. I'm torn." I'm like, "Stop it! Ah, who are you?" <laughs> I've never heard her talk. I probably would have been like, oh, and your accent. Yeah. Um, she has dual citizenship in Australia and the UK. Um, but yeah, this uh, Torn is a cover of a song by a band called Edna Swap. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that was originally released in 1993. She covered the song for her debut album in 1997. And it was a number one song in Denmark, Belgium, Canada, Spain, and Sweden, and Billboard's mainstream top 40 and adult top 40. Um, 
And what's interesting is that the same producer who produced Edna Swap and co-wrote this song, he produced the Natalie and Brulia's version. Yeah, I think he played they played on it too, didn't he? Yeah, Phil. Yeah, he played. Um, he played bass on it and guitar, rhythm guitar. Now, while it was number one on the Hot 100 Airplay, as far as it being on the radio, I guess it only charted at number 42 on the Hot 100. That's it. Like it felt like this was Apple. I mean, that makes sense because on Hot 100 Airplay, it was number one. Because I was like, I could not avoid this that song. That means it was played on the radio a lot. Yeah, I could but not as avoid far it. As people buying it. it. Nope. Because uh, they heard it on the radio too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in America, it doesn't even seem like it went gold. It yeah. went platinum in the UK, gold in Switzerland, uh, gold in Germany, platinum in Belgium and Australia, but they have different numbers for that. Yeah. So uh, it, w- it was big around the world. Uh, it was it was big in America, but nobody was really buying it. Yeah. I think there, there might have been a source of shame. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could not have, like, every time I turned on the radio or VH1, I felt like there it was. I didn't have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing where he used to lie. Uh, James T.W. Uh, does a cover of Torn, which was my an earworm of mine, uh, probably within our first five episodes. Yeah, I do remember it. You sent yeah. it to me, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was... I, I have a... I think I have a playlist of the VH1 champions or VH1 <laughs> all-stars. Just, like, all these songs that I remember playing, being played specifically on VH1, not MTV, really. Specifically on VH1, and this was definitely one of them. It was number one on their top twenty countdown for months. Yeah, it was either this and like Savage Garden. Oh, Savage Garden. <laughs> um, so yeah, torn by Natalie and Brulia from her debut album, Left of the Middle. All right, that was my number three. So what's your number two? All right, number two. Let me look here. Can we say this word on the air? This is called B word, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it is "Bitch" by Meredith Brooks. This song was awesome. I'm not gonna lie; I used to air guitar to this song before I learned how to play guitar. I would air guitar to this song. Um, it's not a very hard song to play, so <laughs> of course, then back then I wasn't playing guitar yet, but. Um, I would get a broom and I would, yeah, I would air guitar to this. I'm not ashamed to say that either. Um, I don't know what it is about this song, but like, it's like, I remember the, like the first time you hear it, you're kind of like, okay. Oh, I didn't know it had this, uh, nothing in between was it centered title. So I guess I could have called it that, but no one would have known what it is. So like that's, I'm trying to wonder, like if they have a, a, a center title, can they even play the song? Is it, I'm up. I'm a lover. <laughs> if they're willing to play this on VH1, like it can't be that bad. No, I think they let it go. Um, it's probably only played certain times of the day, <laughs> at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably only, and then on on the radio. Uh, I don't know how it may have been played on the radio. I heard it. I heard it like this on the radio all the time. It was never. Um, it wasn't censored. It was not censored. No. Yeah, I loved it though. It was. Um, so apparently, this is one of those songs that is um, misattributed to Alanis Morissette. I can kind of hear that. Some of, she does kind of bite her style a little bit. 
which is you know hey whatever you know they you know live instruments over a drum track kind of yeah I can hear that so um I will also say I thought Meredith Brooks was a better guitar player than I thought than I realized when I was younger you know going back and listening to this like none of this like this solo is not very hard not saying you have to play hard solos but I was like man this is another one of those songs like man she's really good at guitar like I'll never be able to play this she's average you know she's not bad but she's not great um but kind of you know one of those people who like you say this could be the theme <laughs> to Lilith Fair yeah cause I mean this was when like female rock music was really kind of you know the the, the path that Alanis Morissette kind of put out there with Jagged Little Pill people were walking that road and putting out music and then of course Lilith Fair was born the brainchild of uh, Sarah McLaughlin. I know you said you want to do an episode on that one day I think that'd be a really good episode because what happened to that like it was really big at one point and then it kind of just faded away and we, I never heard about it. Yeah. Um, another, it was something that VH1 promoted the hell out of. Oh, God, yes. Uh, along with, along with Sharon McLaughlin. But it was a lot of artists that they had that one song, mm-hmm. but then they couldn't. Didn't have anything else. Didn't have anything else. Mm-hmm. It was, you can include her, you can include Joan Osborne. Yeah. Um, four non blondes. Yeah, they were I feel yeah. like they were, they may have been part. I don't know who was all in with there, but. Um, it was like Sarah McLachlan was the only one who had a career a career <laughs> after that going forward. Uh, Meredith Brooks was nominated for two Grammys. Did she win it? Where did she win? Uh, she, she was nominated for Best Female Rock Vocal and Best Rock Song. Uh, let's see how she did. Uh, she lost Best Female Rock Vocal to Fiona Apple's Criminal. Uh, and for best rock song, that went to One Headlight by The Wallflowers. Hmm. So this one, let me see here. Ah, oh, saw crap. I forgot to do that with with Dong and Sheik. So for Dong and Sheik, I know that song, Barely Breathing, and I know another song. Um, um, actually, I like a few of his songs. He had a song. He had an album called um, um. God, what's the name of that album? It had a song on there that was on a- an episode of Alias. Then that lets you know how old that was. <laughs> um, on a High was the name of that album. I actually okay, really like yeah. that album. Um, as far as... And he also has an album of 80s covers. Yeah, I did like that because he had What Is Love by Howard Jones. It's really good. Um, they had another song called um, The Winds That Blow where he wrote songs where he collaborated with a poet. So the poet wrote the lyrics, he wrote the music. Um... And as far as Meredith Brooks goes, I like her song, What Would Happen, which is a really good song. Did not do well, <laughs> but I liked it. It's a pretty good song. Um, I think she okay. did a song like Queen Latifah, too, actually. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. The uh, song charted at number two. It's high as number two. Yeah. Um, what Would Happen charted at number 46. Yeah. It tried. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, so that was that was number two for you. Mm-hmm. So oh, nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> My number two. Uh, it's the only hip hop song on either of our lists. But the uh, theme. Hmm? The theme. oh yeah, the theme. Yeah. Why I think we started the show with that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, so we each had one hip hop song on our list. We're the Grammys, <laughs> uh, but 
Mine is Deja Vu, Uptown Baby, and uh, that is by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. I don't care what Steely Dan says. I don't care what the courts say. <laughs> Hold on, what did the courts say? Did they not get permission? We'll we'll get to that oh, in just a second. Oh, come on. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Uh, this is this is a song that I got on. Um, uh, I first heard on a CD of the I probably mentioned this CD before that I had of the Grammy mm-hmm. Rap nominees from 1997 uh, so this pair was nominated for a Grammy for best rap uh, vocal by doer or group and the reason why I say that I don't care what Seely Dan says is because they sampled Black Cow mm-hmm. by Steely Dan and did not get permission for it um so, uh, the song is built around the sample. In exchange for clearing use of the sample, Steely Dan requested an advance payment of $115,000, as well as 100% of publishing royalties. Therefore, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan are listed as the songwriters for Deja Vu, parenthesis, Uptown Baby, by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Mm. So, these are these these are these are Donald Fagan bars right now, not Peter Guns. <laughs> hey, man, I know it happened around the same time. But like You can't mess with people like that I mean the same thing with the Verve Where they sampled Bittersweet Symphony They sampled um, the Rolling Stones version of a Rolling Stones song Yeah they came after them hard So So it, I mean it's the same thing happened to these guys Yeah uh, They didn't get the sample cleared Um Before the song came out mm. They had, they went, they got it cleared after the song came out, and that's why Steely Dan came at them like that. Mm. So that's why they're only, um, uh, that's why uh, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan are listed as the songwriters. I love both songs. Why? That's not fair. <laughs> like what? Like we can't even get. They wanted a hundred percent of the royalties. Yeah. You got to be big mad to do something like that. You got to be Steely Dan, <laughs> like, because it's like, well, you know, it's, I, I don't know. That's crazy. I like, I, I really like the song Black. I like the song. I like the album Asia, or is it Aja? However you say it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's funny. Do you think if if Lord Tariq and Peter Guns were white, would this have happened? Yeah, I think I still think probably. So. Look at the verve. It's still, <laughs> like people who like they don't care. Like they want. I think if anything, it's because now I don't think it would happen today. But like they're serious. Like Walter Becker and De- Donald Fagan are serious musicians who are probably like, no, that's not okay, and wanted like, nah, you didn't ask us because I guarantee you they probably wouldn't have. Um, let them use this as a sample. I'm willing to bet they probably would have said no. Um, so I think they would have done this to anybody. Because I, I really, I, I like to think that Walter, I like to think that with their diverse musical styles, because like if you hit, listen to this song, heavy, ele- like there's funk elements, jazz elements. I think they had an appreciation for other types of music. So I like to think they would have had an appreciation for hip hop. I like to think. Yeah, I mean, other songs have been sampled by them since then. Um, I, first, the one main one I know of is that Champion yeah, by Kanye, Kanye West. West. And he got that cleared, so I'm assuming they didn't come after him. <laughs> um, and uh, the song was also sampled for a song called Daydreaming by Tatiana Ali. Isn't one of them, aren't one of them related to her? I don't know. 
Because she was in, they were in a song with her. Oh, yeah, that song was, yeah, okay. They were in there. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, they were on the song, her song, too, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and if you heard the, the opening trumpet line, uh, that was from Amores Como El Nuestro by Jerry Rivera, which was later sampled in Shakira's song Hips Don't Lie. I think it was sampled better here. But yeah, uh, Deja Vu, Uptown Baby, written by Walter, Walter Becker, Becker, Donald Fagan. <laughs> Great rhymes, guys. Great rhymes. <laughs> Steely Dan delivers another one. Uh, that song charted also at number, as I say, it was nominated for a Grammy, uh, charted at number nine. It went platinum. And now people people don't even know Peter Guns for that song anymore. They know him for being on Love and Hip Hop. Okay, that's what I thought too. He was on there. Rhombus, Triangle. Well, no, Triangle's three. It's a rhombus or a square or something. But that's what he's known for now. People Mm. don't even know about this song. (laughs) That's sad. Where have we come? Where have we gone, people? Yeah. Uh, So, of course, there's another VH1 connection. (laughs) All right. So now, Ben, we're at your number one song of all time in 1997. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, is a song that to this day I still listen to on the regular. It is called Kiss the Rain by Billy Myers. The first time I heard it, I thought it was a dude. A lot of mistaken identities on this list. <laughs> I'll let I'll let it kind of play a little bit. You'll hear the the voice. It's a very low. She sings with a very low voice. Um, found out recently, within like the past few years, that she's British. Did not know that. Here you go. See that? That could be a dude. Yeah. But yeah, I love this song. I love. Shut up! Hold on. Is this Kenny Aronoff? That's the guy from Higher Guns that played drums in. Um, uh, who did he play drums for? He played. Was it Billy Joel? Was he his newer drummer? Or did no, he play no, for no, no. Um, John Mellencamp? John Mellencamp. It was John Mellencamp. Let me make sure this is the same person. Oh my God! It is. This is so. One of the things I like the most about this song. Are the drums that come in at the end of the song? <laughs> um, oh my God! What were the odds? Uh, song co-written by Desmond Child well, and Eric yeah. Bazilian. Uh, Eric Bazilian, uh, who was on our 1996 One Hit Wonders playlist, because he <laughs> co-wrote One of Us. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Desmond Child, who was a longtime collaborator with um, with uh, Aerosmith and Bon Jovi. Yes, and Bon Jovi as well. And Kiss. And Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, the superhero, Alice Cooper, the God, <laughs> uh, Cooper wrote with Ricky Martin, who doesn't share. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's like a lot of rock artists. He kind of helped them bring like when they were like, all right, we can't do it on our own guys. We need some pop help. Go get Desmond child. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was, this was, this will be on the, um, the light 98, yeah, adult contemporary station, uh, where it charted at number six on the adult top forty and number twenty eight on the adult contemporary Billboard charts, and a hot one hundred uh, topped out at number fifteen. That's so crazy, though. I'm, I'm still wilding over this that he played drums. <laughs> um, he has some really, really good fills. 
because like it kind of like you just hit the drum machine but at the end like right around this time like it really kind of it goes live like it just he hit some really nice I watched her play this live and it was not him it was just some dude with dreads and he tried his best to hit the fills but he did not hit them and I turned it off mm. <laughs> yeah uh, so this was featured on an episode of Dawson's Creek because of course that it, it just sounds like one, another one of those teen drama mm-hmm. kind of songs that's see that's that's another one of those shows that like I just didn't watch it's on Netflix. I try to go back and watch Dawson's Creek. It does not hold up. Oh, for real? It does not hold up at all. It is. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, people have gone on to have great careers from it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Joshua Jackson was on there. Kate Holmes. Michelle Williams. Wow. Okay. Uh, it just it just didn't hold up. Uh, and then it had like some storylines to where like this should have been bigger news, but because it's a small town in Massachusetts, even though mm-hmm. they filmed in North Carolina, um, it probably, you know, a 15 year old sleeping with his teacher. So that in did the happen. first season, I knew that was a storyline. I went back and watched it like that. Brought, they brought that up the first episode. <laughs> I'm like, this was the season one this supposed to be like the the great teen drama, and you have this storyline going on. That's what made it the great teen. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess, guess I need it, to go back on. I ne- I never watched it, so I didn't get it. But um, it's one of those shows like that. And what was the other show you mentioned um, that came out in the '90s? Party of Five. I right, really right. wanted to see those shows, and I didn't watch a lot of TV when I was in high school. So yeah. Um, so your number one is Kiss the Ring by Billy Myers from the album Growing Pains. Uh, so we'll get to my number one. So let's have some fun, shall we? Yes, let's. <laughs> let's. So um, the, my number one is Barbie Girl by Aqua. One of the silliest songs I've ever heard. <laughs> I love this song. This is a fun song. Um, the video is ridiculous because it had a big budget. Uh, it had to, but just the the way that they just really went all in with the Barbie motif. Yeah. Um, you know this is this was, and for it to be like a, I guess a techno song. Um. That's back when everything electronic was techno. Yeah. It's funny how we just misunderstood. Like, oh, that's house. Oh, that's techno. Oh, that's drum and bass. That's techno. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was just all lumped together. Uh, they are from Denmark, and uh, they are considered Euro dance or Euro pop. So basically, dance music and pop music from Europe. Not really imaginative there. Some American can up with that. I feel like probably. So I just got that. Oot, oot, oot. That four on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, this band is actually since broken up. Oh, <laughs> well, no. Uh, but uh, this song, written by, uh, okay, that's the group itself. So, um, oh yeah, the whole group wrote. They got writing credits. Uh, they were sued by uh, Mattel 
uh, for the use of the Barbie name, of course, and they felt that uh, Mattel felt that uh, they sexualized Barbie. Um, as if no one else has ever done. Yeah, Barbie is, <laughs> itself is, but whatever. Uh, I remember I have a friend. Uh, his name is Wardell. Uh, he lives in Washington now, but he has this album. I don't know if he still has it, but he had it. <laughs> whoa, 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 he bought the album Aquarium. Yeah. Wow, that's got to be worth like nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he does have. He did have the album. Um, let's see where it charted. You know, they have one of the most expensive videos in, the, in like the history of videos. I forget which one it is, but like, I don't know how they just kept getting money for these videos that weren't going anywhere. I don't see how much it was, but it looked like it was expensive. What, the video for this? The video for Barbie Girl. Uh, Charted number seven in America, uh, number one in Spain, number one in the UK, number one in New Zealand, Norway, the Netherlands, Italy, Ireland, France, Germany, Denmark, Canada, Belgium, Australia. Yeah, this is one of those, another <laughs> one of those songs where I felt like I could not escape it when it came out. It was everywhere. Um, it was, uh, it was on VH1. I remember they had their pop up video for it. Um, <laughs> He's getting started. I love you, Ken. <laughs> um, but yes, um, it was just one of those. Uh, another one of the songs you just couldn't escape. Yeah, it was played on. Um, it was on VH1 a lot. I don't know about MTV so much. Maybe MTV two. Uh, as it says here, I remember. I remember going to the mall in high school, and I didn't really, I didn't play it too much. But I saw people because, like, at the mall I went to, there was an arcade, mm-hmm. and a lot of people played mm-hmm. one of two games: Tekken. <laughs> and Dance Dance Revolution. And this is on Dance Dance. <laughs> or excuse me, DDR. DDR, my bad. Excuse me, DDR. Yeah, that's for the experts out there. <laughs> um, but definitely a, a, a DDR staple. Mm. Um, also featured on... Uh, Do you ever watch Mr. Show with Bob and David? Mm-mm. Um, pretty underrated show. I think. I've heard of it. I've just <laughs> never seen it. Um but yeah, I, I, um, that was just a song that like, I heard some other songs by Aqua, but nothing was going to top Barbie, Barbie Girl. Girl. No, nothing, nothing they did. And then you say that with a couple of these other artists, like when you come out with a song called Bitch, <laughs> it's, it's like, you can't go back. You can, mm-hmm. you can't go back from that. Um, and uh, and once you write a song about burning down a house, I don't know if you can come back from that. No. You know, um, once you, once Walter Becker and Donald Fagan take can, writing take credits, writing credits <laughs> can claim that those bars are theirs. Yes. <laughs> you can't come back. They can be like, if it wasn't for the Bronx. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if they like try to do that song live somewhere. <laughs> Uptown baby. Uptown baby. <laughs> You'd have to see them perform to understand what I was just doing for the camera. You'd have to see them perform. Cause he, 
he he's not blind, but he performs like he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that will do it for our um, Because Five One Hit Wonders. We'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh, it is a, well, I guess it's kind of a duet. It's a collaboration uh, between a band called Chromio mm. and... Uh, an R&B pop singer named Solange. Chromio and Solange? Really? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Solange, Solange but I love some Chromio. Uh, this is from Chromio's 2014 album, White Women. <laughs> That's what they called it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. They have, like, the greatest names. <laughs> what was the album with the... Um... Oh, God, hold on. They, they, they just have the most awesome names. Um, do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about with um with the printer? No, with the legs on it, like that. Their keyboards on the legs. Okay, uh, fancy footwork. Yes, fancy footwork. Yes, business casual. <laughs> White women. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, bravo, bravo. Uh, and they're coming out with another um another album. They released a single. Uh, they uh, a song they did with the Dream, and I feel like there's another single they just came out with. Uh, they did. They have a song called Juice. Okay. Uh, so they released a couple of singles. So they're working on a new album, uh, it sounds like. But this is something they did with Solange from their 2014 album, White Women. Nice. And it is called Lost on the Way Home. Um, yeah, I just like how the song's put together. Uh, and it was on the We Lit playlist. I took it off. Oh. Uh, but... Uh, I still go back and listen to Chromio every now and then. Oh, so. Heck yeah. So this is Chromio and Solange lost on the way home and we will be right back.
right, that is Lost in the Way Home by Chromio featuring Solange from their album White Women. They're such good writers. They're they're such good writers. <laughs> I don't think they get the the pub they 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 should. They don't. And it is kind of a shame cuz they put out some really good songs. I know they had that jealous, jealous song guys. was in a um was in a commercial. But like, yeah, for the most part like I don't feel enough people know who Chromio is. And yeah. that's kind of sad cuz they're really good. Um they have a they have a distinct sound mm-hmm. and um I don't know I, may, I I don't think it's an acquired taste if I don't you either compared to <laughs> what music sounds like today but yeah, it's yeah they very, should definitely get more pub it's very pop driven all electronic instruments I, I don't get it yeah well we like Chromio here so. yeah respect <laughs> alright so uh, that will bring us to the end of our program Ben can you tell the people where we can be found yes so if you're looking at us right now um, you found our Facebook page so congratulations um, facebook.com <laughs> slash by the time you hear this um, we also have a website called by the time you hear this dot com 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 so you can go on there you can check us out they have we have you know episodes and pictures and stuff and um, I hear there's even like you know we go on picnics and stuff I don't know I'm just talking <laughs> um, <laughs> so the website and the Facebook page are both spelled with um, the word you Y-O-U um, our Instagram page um, and our email address at gmail.com is by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U and that is because we're upstanding mm-hmm. and not under investigation or under an NDA that you didn't sign I, I don't get it you got to sign it for it to count curiouser and curiouser uh, <laughs> so check us out there uh, you know we post stuff like and stuff I gotta ask you how you do that like you post like the audio and with the pictures and the oh yeah. um, well since you have an iPhone like I do I uh, cut a clip from the recording I, because I have an, I don't know if I'm gonna do it now <laughs> <laughs> and I just put it into iMovie on my phone Oh, I got to download iMovie. That program's huge. <laughs> Not really. Well, this I guess I'm thinking back when I had an eight gig. Yeah, like it was half of my <laughs> storage. It doesn't take up that much space. Not anymore. Okay, okay. Um, if you want to listen to us on the go, of course, you know, if you have an iPhone like we do, um, you can listen to us on iTunes or the Apple Podcast Player or whatever they call it. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I've had. I've only had it again for like three months. So forgive me. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> still getting used to the phone. Um, but I do know that if you want to find us in the Google Play Store, you go to Google Music with the orange arrow. I do know that. Um, Auto Radio, Castbox, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, and of course Podomatic. Just some of the places you can go and you can find us. So go find us. Um, and I'm pretty sure at least on like a few of those apparatuses, you can leave us a review. So, um, leave us a review. We, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. All right. Um, just to give you some, some 97 one hit wonders. We did not include. Oh yeah. Uh, we did not include flagpole sitter by Harvey danger. Really close. Really close. Um, I don't ever want to see you again by uncle, uncle Sam. Sam. You know who wrote that song? Cause I was looking up this morning, Nathan from, um, boys to men. <laughs> 
He was the co. He was the the sole writer on that song. Wow! And he put himself in there and let himself talk. <laughs> um, uh, You're not alone by Olive. Uh, My baby daddy by is it T- Be Rock in the Biz? Be Rock in the Biz. Yep. T Bird is someone in the T Bird. That's yeah. just my baby yeah. daddy. <laughs> um, all for you, Sister Hazel. Sister, Hazel. I don't know if I consider that a one hit wonder. But then again, like the people who would not consider that one hit wonders are other people who like them. So nice guys, though. Very nice guys. <laughs> and uh, Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground, which almost made my list. Oh, yeah. And, um, DJ Taz. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> um, You know, if I can find that, we'll end the show with that. <laughs> I don't think it's on Spotify. Oh, DJ Taz. I don't think DJ Taz is on there. They're like, who is DJ Taz? Yeah, it's on here. What? DJ Taz. That's right by DJ Taz. Like, that's the actual... Okay. That's dope. So we're going to end the show with that. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. that Now, that takes me back to being on the bus in middle school. Yeah. Oh, snap. Like, we just thought that was, like, the bee's knees, the greatest thing we'd ever heard. Because I think Raheem is on there, too. Oh, man. Oh, man, you can tell us nothing. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll end the show with that. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace.